Welcome to the Farm Beats podcast. Farm Beats is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska. The Farm Beats podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews with experts, producers, and innovators from across the agriculture industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agricultural technology. Hello, Farm Beats followers, and welcome to another episode of the Farm Beats podcast. I'm José Cesario. And I'm Natasha Mezzo, and we are glad to have you with us as we are joined by the CEO at Navy Analytics, Jessica Korinak. Through the Navy Analytics, Jessica works with producers to support the implementations and benefits of digital agriculture technologies for irrigation. With that in mind, let's hear more from Jessica. I actually went to undergrad uh, for human biology. Um, I was going to be an eye doctor for a lot of my life. Um, and I uh, ended up finding my way to agriculture. Um, we moved out to, my husband and I moved out to Western Nebraska um, in 2012. And I started working at uh, what was then the Monsanto Water Utilization Learning Center, now um, Bayer Crop Science. Um, Worked at the the agricultural research center out there, um, and and really kind of shifted my gears and um, got into agriculture and agronomy. At that point, I had kind of always grown up in an agriculture community, but um, hadn't hadn't been my envision uh, my envision plan to work in agriculture. Um, I went back to school um, and started working towards my uh, master's in agronomy. Um, distance while I was working uh, through UNL. Um, so I worked in um, industry for uh, about five years and then had the opportunity to work at a startup that was um, building some technologies around irrigation management. Uh, was working there for a few years before we were actually acquired by the Climate Corporation, um, so a company owned by then Monsanto. Um, so I found myself back uh, in industry after the startup was acquired and um, have been working uh, in at the Climate Corporation, um, doing uh, research and, and working towards building out an irrigation uh, recommendations type pipeline uh, for, the, for the company. Um, so that was what I was doing prior to Navy Analytics. And then about a year ago, uh, my co-founding group and I decided to um, make the jump and uh, do a startup on our own. And that's when we, uh, um, incorporated Navy Analytics and uh, began building our framework. Uh, this is nice. This is very interesting uh, background. <laughs> <laughs> so, and now, can you provide us an overview about uh, Navy Analytics? You already mentioned how it started. So, can mm -hmm. you just give us an overview about the company? Yeah. Um, so, we are a co-founding group of three, um, myself, uh, Val Kowalski, and Bradley Griggs. Um, and we had uh, all been working together in the past, kind of developing um, different irrigation management strategies um, in, in corporate life, right? And then um, 
as big companies do, they kind of shifted direction and the work that we were doing um, got deprioritized. And so we still felt like there was a lot of value in what we were doing um, and, and felt like we had kind of learned a lot um, in the direction that we were studying at that point. And that's where we decided to um, kick off Nave Analytics um, and take a little bit of a turn of what we were doing be based on the pain points that we were feeling. Um, so every time that we went to explore a different pathway um, or try to look at something new as far as developing um, new science, we had to go down this big long path of figuring out how to work with a new data stream. How do we bring it into our system? How do we uh, translate it to make it work with the other data that we were already working with? So there's always um, this, this drag as far as like the things that we wanted to do and then the, the data work that we needed to do in order to get there. Um, so that is kind of where Nave Analytics was born. Um, so what Nave wants to do is bring all these different data sources together in order to make them um, usable and, and available for um, the companies that are the trusted advisors to the growers. Um, so what we had been developing was grower directed tools. And what we found that was that there was oftentimes another person that was involved in making that irrigation decision. And they were the ones that usually had like the, the platform or, or the um, infrastructure that they were looking at to, to make the decisions with. So that's where with NAVE, we're targeting um, the trusted advisors to the growers to help provide um, cleaned and usable data streams that they can then incorporate into their user interface and speed up their R&D um, development and um, just bring more data into uh, what they have available for helping the growers make irrigation decisions. That's amazing, Jess. That's really interesting too that you guys are, are building there. So since you mentioned that you guys are working with all this data and helping these advisors to, mm -hmm. to work with the platform that you guys are bringing, what are the benefits for each of the customers that this platform can bring? Yeah, so um, I kind of mentioned it that um, we are facilitating them to bring data into the decision. So oftentimes um, the 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 trusted advisor, the grower is like a crop consultant or, um, you know, a precision agronomist with a retailer or something like that, that maybe doesn't have a huge uh, budget for R&D and developing their own tools and building it into their own platform. Um, so what we want to be able to do is make that process easier um, for those advisors. So um, if it's just a, a data set that they want to bring into their user interface. So if it's they want to bring weather information or forecast weather information into what they're already using, we can help facilitate that. Or we also have um, some value added uh, analytics and things that we are developing as far as like new science, um, building out a remote sense soil moisture, uh, root zone soil moisture content information. Um, so if that is something that they want to incorporate into the platform that they're already using. Um, so by uh, it being kind of um, a network of customers, we can negotiate with the data providers to get better deals on um, the, the cost of data. And then um, being able to provide tools at a, at a scalable and cost efficient price that those advisors can incorporate into their current processes. 
Nice. And Jesse, the, the products, they focus in a specific crop or is a general crop how it works? Yeah, um, so we focus on row crop, um, corn and soybeans, uh, first and foremost, um, as, as of most tools developed in row crop. Um, but what we want to kind of specialize in um, is something that is scalable and cost efficient enough to um, be practical in, in row crop use. So most um, technologies that have been developed for irrigation management that kind of track and monitor, um, you know, water use and things like that. Are, are high cost. So something like um, soil probes and, and some different uh, modeling programs out there are built more uh, for like specialty crops and things that are higher profit margin where row crops and their smaller uh, profit margin and larger scale need a different type of technology. And so that's where we are focusing on um, remote sensed information so that we don't have to have a whole bunch of sensors out in the field to get a good view on what's going on. Um, and then um, uh, making um, deals with data providers and, and having really cost efficient data as well. Oh, that's really important. How the data can help us to take and making some decisions nowadays, right? And, yeah. and what are the critical problems that you guys see on this data management and how to help you, the farmers and the crop advisors to make this decision? Um, yeah, so critical um, problems. Kind of like I've mentioned previously, um, is that there's a lot of data out there, just none of it really works well together, right? So um, being that, that connection that can bring the data sources together and actually make it usable um, for an irrigation decision, uh, that's a big obstacle that we, wanna, we want to um, overcome. Um, the other one is when, when using data, um, your, your data out is only as good as your data in, right? So um, making sure that uh, the data that we are bringing in is good data sources. And then a lot of the work that we're doing where we're cleaning up the data and calibrating it to each other, um, making them work uh, together is a big piece. Um, but an obstacle that uh, we are still trying to kind of figure out is around telemetry data. So the actual data that's coming off of the pivot. Um, each each uh, pivot manufacturer has their own system of how they are tracking and reporting that data. Um, and, you know, they, they all kind of have their quirks and then our ability to um, be able to access that data and, and read that data um, is, is a hurdle that we're gonna have to get over. And Jesse, on the top of that, uh, can I ask where does these data are coming from? You mentioned that some of them come from the pivot, right? But how about the weather data? Where do they have some stations close to the farms that will be helping you guys to build a, a nice model to making decisions? Yeah, so we want to build a flexible enough um, platform that we can kind of incorporate whatever data is available. Um, so we use a lot of remote sense data, so a lot of information from satellites. Um, we get weather data. Um, from a couple different weather uh, companies. We're kind of trying to evaluate that yet and decide which one um, we feel is like is the best um, data that we want to partner with. Um, and then um, 
if the grower has soil probes in the field, if they have weather stations around, being able to bring that into um, the modeling that is then provided to that grower. So using what's out there for them already. Um, but if they don't have that stuff, we want to be able to have kind of those other sources there um, that can give good enough information as well. So the, the, the modeled weather data, um, like I said, uh, remote sensed um, soil moisture content, if they don't have soil probes. Um, the only thing that we have to get um, from a grower would be the, the information coming off of the pivot, um, being able to see how much water that pivot applied to different areas of the field is the only thing that we actually need coming out of the field. The rest is um, remote sensed or, um, you know, kind of big data information. No, this is nice. We can see uh, the industry, the company can give a really complex data information for the farmers. This is nice. Yeah. And Jesse, can you tell us if Navy Analytics support any type of fertigation? Um, so no, we don't do fertigation. Um, and, and, and we're we're really not even doing like recommendations per se. We are providing the data in um, a way that the advisor can pull it together and make the recommendation. Um, so if they if they have like a certain um, you know equation or a certain way that they like to look at at irrigation, we can provide the data that they can then put into their their equations or their um, their system to to make that recommendation. And as far as fertigation, at this point we are not in um, the nitrogen phase. We're just solely looking at crop water use um, and providing information for efficient crop water use. Um, that being said, there there is another great uh, startup in the state. I think a friend of the of the show, um, Jason Jackson uh, Stencil, uh, with his company Sentinel Fertigation. Um, they're they're doing a lot of really great work around fertigation right now. Yeah, that's right. And how much supervision does it need uh, from the advisor during this process using the platform, for example? Yeah. Um, so I, I would say that our our program isn't removing supervision um, per se. Um, what we're hoping to do is um, you know provide provide the the data so that the advisors can make really informed decisions um, easier. Uh, so a time save there by not having to manually pull all these these. Um, different sources together and and do their own magic to to make their recommendations we're hopefully making that process more streamlined um and then i would say that it would be the um just having more uh more um belief in the in the decision that they're making right making sure because it's a data-informed decision they're feeling very confident in in what they did and can spend less time worrying and, and just feel good about about the decision that they made nice and related to Nave analytics product yet um can you tell us if there is some potentially unexpected benefits or value that the products can you know offer for the customers yeah, um, so this is a really interesting question. Um, I, I had kind of 
I had to go back and kind of think through this a little bit when I was prepping for this. Uh, you know, we when we started the company, we envisioned just this um, platform that would be for the trusted advisors, help them make decisions. That was kind of this really easy little bundle, right? Um, and as we've been at different conferences and speaking in different places, we have different people come up to us and say like, I see value for this in this industry or in this industry. So like we've had conversations around um, like how our, our remote sense soil moisture content information could be useful in like the insurance business as far as insuring against drought. Um, things around like financial modeling and um, you know, big FITEC companies that would want uh, soil moisture information, again, around that drought stress and their, their modeling for yield um, expectations and things like that. Um, things around like sustainability validation. So being able, because we're looking at the whole picture of irrigation, being able to look at um, how, how efficient a grower is watering compared to that specific crops in that specific fields water use and you know looking at how sustainable um, that water is being used and maybe some metrics around that as as we continue to have the development around um, you know the the sustainability market you know, where carbon is right now potentially water is in a similar situation um, in the next several years something like that um, even things around um, like pasture land um, use and, and rotation on grazing based on, you know, the, the soil moisture that's out there and things like that. So we've had all sorts of conversations um, just based on like this initial idea and then, um, you know, even going beyond irrigation and water use stuff, but the, the data piece in agriculture as a whole, um, you you know as well as I do that there's a lot of other uh, decisions that go into making producing a crop every year um, and so there's a lot of other data sources as well so if we get really good at managing and handling data around irrigation then maybe we can move to other areas of um, of the cropping system as well. It's important because not just relating to uh, coasts or uh, spend or not is related to environment as yeah. well as you said so for sure yeah. to be really more friendly environment right mm. yeah and, and jesse you mentioned about some of the water metrics that you guys have to deal with uh so what are the challenges with tracking and reporting these water metrics for example yeah um so i i alluded to it a little bit um with that, we were dependent on the telemetry systems that are on the irrigation systems, right? So um, if it's a if it's AgSense or FieldNet or FieldWise or any of the um, a numerous number of telemetry systems that are out there, they each kind of track and and report water use differently. Um, so some of them have pressure sensors that are looking at um, uh, if there's flow or not, GPS signals as far as where the pivot is at around the field, uh, flow meters that are looking at actual water flow, um, and all of that is usually a, a calculation on acres covered. And so it's not oftentimes that it's a straight measurement of how much water was applied to this area field. There's often a calculation in there. Um, and so we are dependent on how good that calculation is, if it has been calibrated. 
Um, and then, like I said before, our limitation is that's the piece of data that we need to get from the grower. Um, and so it's dependent on those companies either partnering with us and building APIs that we could then pull the data through automatically, or we're dependent on the grower or the advisor inputting that data into our system. So that's our, our current biggest uh, hangup. And, and we'll, see, we'll see what develops there and, and what kind of solutions we can develop with yeah. it. Yeah. And on that, uh, in addition, Jesse, is there any minimal requirements that you guys would suggest for some of the growers to have on taking some of these inputs for your system, for example, for, to helping on the platform to make this data-based analysis? Um, so there, we have pretty minimal um, requirements, right? Um, because we are doing so much from remote sensing, uh, we don't require soil probes in the field. We don't require planting information because we're seeing um, plant biomass from satellites, things like that. Um, the only requirement that is maybe that maybe not all growers have would be the telemetry. Um, so uh, just having worked with irrigation management for a long time, if, if a grower is interested in starting to pay more attention to the water that they're applying to their fields, first step is telemetry. You have to know what's going on um, in order to get better, right? So um, whether, whether you have the control of the pivot, um, you don't need anything more than speed control um, prescriptions, like there's big fancy systems that go into remote control or uh, nozzle control, variable rate irrigation, all that good stuff. That's a ways down the path. Like the very first step is get some telemetry on your pivot. So you know how much water is going out to different areas of the field. Maybe a start and stop on that pivot just to ease with, with management on it. Um, that's the very first step. And then you can start digging into how much are we applying at different points in the season? Are we matching that up to the water that that crop is using at that point in the season. So that's when the analytics and, and digging into the data comes um, is, is after you've had the telemetry on and can tell what's going on. Oh, that's great. And also one more question on that, Jesse. Yeah. Because uh, you mentioned about some sensor-based uh, and remote sensing, right, data that you guys collect. So does the company have any contract with some satellite company that's been helping? And if so, what's the resolution that you guys are getting this uh, imagery? Yeah, um, so we do. Um, we work with um, Planet uh, for imagery. Um, and we, we use the satellite imagery in a couple different ways. Um, we are looking at biomass um, information as and that goes into the crop modeling. So looking, um, so modeling the crop growth throughout the season and then being able to um, look at the actual, the specific um, water use of that crop at different points in the season. So that, that modeling look, uses the biomass information. Um, and then the, for our soil moisture content, we are looking at microwave um, data from, from the satellites. Uh, so microwave data can look at soil moisture content in the very top soil. And then we are building out science that then um, extrapolates that through the root zone and then refusing the information from the pivot. So um, we're taking the, the, the top soil information from the satellite um, 
building out some modeling to look at the, the root zone of that crop and then bringing in the pivot information so we can see also, um, aside from the rainfall, what, what is being applied through the pivot and bringing that all together for our um, soil moisture content. That one is 100 meter resolution. So we have um, soil moisture content, 100 meter resolution. So that would be like having a soil probe every 100 meters in your field. Um, the, the biomass one, we're not um, directly visualizing at this point. Um, if a company is out there and wants, to, wants a, an imagery source, we can, we can talk with them and develop that out. Um, so at this point, that one's just going into our modeling. Um, and I think that one is 10 meter resolution. Nice. Uh, so Jessica, talking about uh, irrigation system in agriculture, um, we would like to know your opinion. If do you have any concern related to this? If something that you know something have been doing and maybe you think would be changed, or any concern that you have related to this? Yeah. Um, so. We tend to stay away from like the, the equipment side of things, right? Like how efficient a system is. What we want to be able to do is work with, with whatever system is out there and make that system as efficient as possible. Like we're not gonna go tell a farmer to put a new $80,000 pivot on his, on his field just so that he can use our technology, right? Um, so there's always concern about efficiency and making sure that the that your irrigation systems are inspected annually and the upkeep is done so that you don't have like blown off sprinklers and, and water running all over and things like that. Um, but that's not really our lane. Um, so I I tend to go back to um, just the, the data that we can get from that pivot. Um, so if, if those companies would develop um, better, better um, information around how much water is being applied at different areas of the field, we can get much more precise with the application because even if, um, even if a pivot can be very specific about how much water it's applying to different areas, if that can't be reported back and used into, and you know, used into next week's recommendation or whatever the case may be, you know that the the efficiency there isn't isn't really worth it. So I I go back to the data data in data out situation where like we have to have good information coming off that field to have a really good idea of what's been applied to that point in the season, how much needs to be applied going forward. Yeah, and as I mentioned, we go back to the data and the quality of these inputs, right? That's really important to help these farmers to making the decision. So based on that, what's your vision for the future of data benefiting in agriculture and what other opportunities do you see for this type of work? Yeah, I think we're so early that we're just like scratching the surface as far as like what we can do with the, the base um, system that we're building. Um, I, I've probably already alluded to, to most of them. Um, moving into new crops. Um, so beyond um, corn and soybeans, getting into um, cotton, potatoes, wheat, uh, you know, some of those still still row crop, but a little bit more specialty than um, corn and soybeans. Um, we, we think that we do still have a fit there. Uh, and we've done some initial testing in different crops. It would be just kind of building out the modeling that goes along with those crops um, to be crop specific. Um, probably 
also, I, I've kind of mentioned moving beyond irrigation. Um, so doing some heavy data work um, in different areas of the cropping system. So whether that's around, um, you know, nitrogen and, and nitrogen management and tracking, um, I don't know, moving, there's, there's a lot of area yet. There's a lot of other decisions to be covered uh, in the cropping system besides irrigation. I think we have potential um, kind of across the board there. Uh, nice. Yeah, well, I think with this interview, we could learn a lot about the <laughs> analytics and have a good view about uh, the products and all the service that they, you know, you guys can provide for the customers. But if our listen listeners uh, would like to learn more about, you know, the industry, the company or the products, can you share with us some contact or website or any platform that they can reach out to learn more? Yeah, um, so we are still a relatively new company. I've been focusing really hard on building our product and are just kind of getting into the, um, uh, you know, getting out into the world part of the business. Um, so we do have a website, albeit not very great at this point, but um, www.naveanalytics.com um, is our website. The best way if you want more information, um, anything like that is uh, reaching out to me directly, uh, jesse, J-E-S-S-I, at naveanalytics.com will get you to me. Yeah, no, that's great, Jesse. And we will make sure that we have all these contacts on the <laughs> description of this episode. And okay. uh, here for our last question here, what advice do you have for our listeners considering making significant irrigation management decisions? Um, so it would be take the next step, whatever that step may be. Um, so your next step in making irrigation management decisions may not be getting work, getting involved with Nave Analytics. It may be, like I mentioned earlier, getting telemetry on your pivots. So, um, you know, there's there's a kind of a, a learning curve and, and multiple steps along the process of becoming very data enabled um, irrigation decision makers. Um, but you know, take the next step, whatever that step might be, uh, whether it is just getting on to uh, telemetry, whether that's getting a trusted advisor that can help um, scouting and, and making those decisions across the whole operation, whether that's bringing in more data, um, whatever that might be, just take the next step. Thank you very much to Jesse for taking the time to join this episode of the Farm Beats podcast. It's really exciting to hear her perspective and knowledge focused around how to use digital technologies within irrigation management. One of my favorite parts of this episode is how to use the data analysis to help advisors support farmers on irrigation management. It is critical to understand all the collected data for the decision making. I agree, but my favorite part is when Jesse talks about how the technology can improve water use efficiency and being sustainable. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we look forward to sharing another digital egg story with you next week. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Beats podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week. We welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, 
or in the review sections of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to provide high-quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the hosts and the guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of The Farm Beats.